Good evening, and welcome. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network at republicbroadcasting.org. Hour two of the broadcast here on this Monday, the 29th of January, 2024. Oh, how time flies. Again, I'm Richard Carey, your host here with co-host William Repillum. And be sure to catch William every Friday evening on the Punch Bowl. And that's, uh, well, central time for RBN Texas Standard. That's 9 p.m. I was also just going to add, William, uh, before tossing it over to you in the last uh, hour, that I mean, we've had pretty much a whole generation, it's been pointed out, in the military now, who've never really seen any real warfare. They've seen a lot of these little skirmishes where, you know, we by far um, outman and out-tech, you know, out-war machine the uh, opponents in, in, you know, these little countries. Um, But as far as the, well, known backing of Russia and China to Iran, I mean, the whole idea, you know, once again, going against even one of those two superpowers, you know, Russia or uh, China. I mean, even just if you were just to think of Iran alone against the U.S., uh, the state of the military today, uh, you know, as far as the, the reasons why they, they pick people for positions and oh, the recru- recruiting crisis of conservative uh, white people, uh, frankly, it's, it's abysmal. And, you know, they they can fake it all they want with uh, DEI and, you know, ESG, uh, you know, all of all of this. But it's uh, never going to, at the end of the day, uh, pan out, you know, with performance. They know this. You know, so uh, my point, though, is they, they don't realize just how unfit they are. You know, an entire generation has been drinking the Kool-Aid without ever really dealing with anything, not, not really knowing uh, the logistics of global warfare and, and the current state of things. You know, they're not listening to those who've been in the field uh, for decades, you know, in the military with uh, ordering men with these machines. Not that I am in favor of our military, but I'm just saying that, uh, yeah, you know, this whole generation could actually try to start this war whether Iran's backed by these superpowers or not, just because they don't have a clue. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, things have quickly, uh, very quickly changed uh, you know, for, the, for the worse. Uh, it, I mean, the perception and the actual, the actual backing of our country and our military and what it's all based on and um, what our economy is based on, uh, what what our military might has been used to do, uh, you know, and and sort of the the karmic fallout for the entire thing, you know. And then you look at the the train wreck of the the, the sort of the moral high ground that we don't have, um, and you know, if you look at the heart of the matter about you know people who support. Uh, this uh, this Jewish um, uh, structure, this 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 kind of 
you know, Jewish narrative and, and this this uh, what they think is a, a biblical narrative, like the Christian Zionist uh, supporting uh, you know Israel at in all of its uh, in, without any question, you know, um, um, and and how you have you know pastors like John Hage say if you don't support the Jews, then God will punish you. It's, I, I think the opposite is actually true. Um, if you don't, if you support, uh, if if you do support this, uh, you know this is this is God's enemies, and God will absolutely punish you. Now, you may be rewarded in this life um, with uh, accolades and riches and all that kind of. Th- you may be rewarded by uh, Satan. Want to say if you want to call that, but of the demonic forces of this world. If you support Israel, um, you know, um, Jesus uh, suffered immensely for getting us the truth. And, you know, the early Christians suffered immensely for for being Christians, Um, you know, the the real Christians. Um, And so uh, there there's like uh, suffering that happens in this life to get the truth out. um, But, uh, you you know, uh, a, a reward later. Right, or say, say reward in the afterlife or whatever. I, I just I don't know about all that, but um, uh, but you know, there's there's a corroborating. I wanted to give an angle here. There's if you don't mind me reading this, but this is a a tweet from Dmitry Medvedev. He's sure. the deputy deputy chair of the Security Council of the Russian Federation, a third president of Russia, uh, 2008 to 2012 for uh, tweets in Russia follow. So they have a president in Russia and also a prime minister, right? They have the same thing in Israel. But anyway, he, he put out a very interesting tweet. And uh, he, this is what he said. I found this on the Daily Stormer. Establishing a, a People's Republic of Texas is getting, and it's a little long, so give me, bear with me and take a couple minutes to read it. Establishing a People's Republic of Texas is getting more and more real, something I wrote about at the end of the 2022 uh, in a jocular forecast. The American administration shows its total inability to cope with the migration crisis, which has broken out in one of the largest U.S. states. Its governor stopped giving even the slightest damn as to what the White House and its senile old man Biden think and started to mend barbed wire fences. Indeed, anything will do when defending against the flow of migrants who uncontrollably cross the southern border. This is yet another vivid example of the U.S. hegemony getting weaker, a process that is happening from the inside and is the result of the Americans' own actions. So, so, eager, so eagerly supporting the Kiev neo-Nazis and seemingly blind to everything else, official Washington proved totally impotent in domestic policy matters. With their inaction, these very authorities can drive the people of Texas up the wall. The very people who are even now mulling over separation. There are known cases in history when some states tried to break away from the Union and form the Confederacy. The end result was the bloody Civil War, which cost thousands upon thousands of lives. Either way, Americans can face an unsolvable constitutional crisis and for long fall into the abyss of a new, possibly even more destructive civil confrontation. And the Western world its breath held, will be staring at the American mess in fear. Well, it's their problem anyway. And even though the U.S. trouble is fraught with great risks for the world's stability, the rest of the world, crunching on its popcorn, 
is watching not without malice an attack of the great loser's bad disease. Hmm. What do you think about that, Richard? Any comments? Well, I mean, some interesting observations from him over there. And, I mean, I don't know, this approach uh, of it getting so much press, at least, you know, the southern border, it potentially is a way of welcoming um, establishment uh, controlled organizations you know, to take the helm and to steer it into a an impotent uh, you know down an impotent sort of path I mean as far as well people criticizing that oh well why didn't Abbott send these people completely out of the country that he sent into blue cities uh, right and I mean I've heard both sides of the argument and uh, you know it's interesting but one thing was cited that it would be illegal, allegedly, on the federal level or something, the federal crime, I take it, uh, felony, whatever, for the, for the governor to, to try to, to you know, take it upon himself to deport people, uh, you know, actually send them out of the country. And, uh, but, but something he was able to do and, not, you know, influence the uh, opinions perhaps in these blue cities and that, you know, people in favor, that is, of him shipping them to the blue cities. But... I mean, as far as these, well, all these, we're hearing now trucker convoys going down there, but we're hearing about a lot of uh, organ, or people, groups of people, organizations heading down to that border to do something uh, to help. But it's, you know, you're hearing more and more sound bites about, you know, in a law abiding sort of way. And that on the federal level means not really doing anything. Uh, I mean, I was listening to, uh, none other than uh, Mark Kornke uh, a few hours ago, actually. Uh, John Stadmiller's a former radio partner and militia partner. I mean, yeah, he was pointing out how we've seen this in the past, you know, like back in the 90s. And, I mean, there's going to be a lot of people who are getting together maybe to, what, roast some hot dogs and... Uh, what you know have have some, have some people give some speeches maybe or something you know but i mean if you're keeping it quote unquote law abiding you know he was stressing and and that's reflect seen as law abiding in the federal government's eyes that would mean you you really can't do anything you have to go down there and actually not you know do anything about detaining the people relocating the people getting involved at all really just just kind of um you know witnessing it is the only thing you're allowed to do at that point. And just like all those people, all those groups, the mass numbers being down there as a statement, um, allegedly feeling like they've accomplished something through that at the end of the day. Uh, you know, I don't know. It's just trying to be realistic about it, I suppose, yeah. is, was his point. But Oh, Richard, I, I agree with you. you know, yeah, the, it's kind of totally neutered, standing around uh, cooking hot dogs. I love it. It's perfect. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be a peaceful protest because obviously our enemies are, they'll respond to peaceful protests. Uh, you know, um, they won't care one bit about it. Uh, they'll, they'll send feds in there and co-opt it and try to incite and do exactly what they did with uh, January 6th. 
this will be a a much larger scale operation though so and they've got uh plenty of time to plan now and and kind of put the pieces in place and and uh infiltrate and stuff around let's just see if people see this coming or not you know um one comment also that i wanted to um make is one thing dmitry medvedev mentioned was it seemed like he understood sort of the real reasons for the civil war he didn't instantly jump on the bandwagon of it's about slavery you now it seemed like he has some understanding that you know america was trying to break free from a tyrannical government at that time that it wasn't really about slavery i don't know did you know did you hear that because in in the reading there there are known cases in history he said there when some states tried to break away from the union and form a confederacy the end result was a bloody civil war which cost thousands upon thousands of lives um so I just thought that was kind of interesting coming from the uh, uh, Russian politician. Yeah, but I mean, he's, he was still fed some of the establishment history, uh, evident even in the way he's wording that. Because, I mean, think about it. Um, you know, all of our states pre-Constitution were, um, you know, members who had agreed upon these Articles of Confederation. Okay, confederation. Hello. They were already in a confederation. All right. So, I mean, it was the North who were making all these changes and then wanted the South to ultimately, you know, I mean, who had already changed enough for there to be such a divide at that point and then wanted the South to concede uh, to far too many things impacting their sovereignty. Uh, Yes, it wasn't about uh, slavery, but Lincoln tried to sell it Mm -hmm. as that, even though it wasn't his concern and, you know, I mean, he didn't want to live among blacks. And that's not something I stress um, as, uh, you know, something negative about him that he that he didn't want to live amongst them. Really, I mean, everyone living amongst their own people is the healthy way and the natural way. But, you know, yeah, certainly, I mean, he was uh, disingenuous as far as adding to what became that narrative, uh, you know, Lincoln himself, for that matter. So, I mean, yeah, they, that was one of the ways they tried to sell it, ultimately, from what we've learned from the research of Michael Gaddy. Yeah, no, that's uh, those are really, really nice catch there with the language uh, pointing out. Uh, there are, well, again, this is what he said, there are known cases in history when some states tried to break away from the Union and form the Confederacy, when the Articles in Confederation already existed. Um, wow, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty uncanny catch you made there richard um good stuff yeah so uh lost my train of thought but well i mean no it was a good uh reading uh i mean a good a statement he made there on x i guess we're not supposed to call it twitter anymore okay uh, but <laughs> you had a couple others you sent me we didn't really touch on much did you want to mention more from the other articles you know, you originally sent uh, on these topics. Maybe get into that a couple minutes yeah. if you want. Um, there's one on a yeah. yeah, there's there's one there's one I'd rather mention the the funding cutoff for uh, UN agency aid. Uh, isn't that interesting? Okay, so the main United Nations this is a zero hedge article. The main United Nations it's got a picture of you know all these refugee camps in on the south of Gaza. Presumably, and then you have like smoke up north, you know, bombings that are going on. Um, now we have heard of 
you know, the, like the Jews sending the Palestinians down into the south and and still attacking them down there. But I think what they're we're probably waiting these refugees on what which uh, western which white western country to send these millions of refugees to. But I digress. Um, the main United Nations agency in Gaza has had its funding gutted, uh, given that countries. I would have, I would, I would, I would beg to beg to say that if there's a lot more than that, it was gutted. It was probably the entire building that got gutted. But uh, I digress. Okay, given that countries responsible for the bulk of funds have cut them off, especially the U.S. and U.K., following Israel's allegations that at least a dozen of the UN's UN agencies' employees were involved in the Hamas attack on Israel on October 7th. The organization, which goes by the formal name of the United Nations Relief and Works Agency for Palestinian Refugees in the Near East, uh, has already reportedly fired several employees and admitted the allegations. And the controversy has resulted in the United States leading the way in pausing all donations. The UNRWA has long faced these accusations, and all the way back to 2018, the Trump administration cut U.S. funding but it was restored under the Biden administration. This is nothing but, you know, uh, oh, uh, anti-Semitism. Somebody's telling the truth again. Anti-Semitism. Oh, cut them off and destroy them. And it's, we're dealing with a demonic, uh, a demonic uh, hegemon here, you know. And probably, I, I, I am going to side with uh, with these folks. Um, not, I don't know. But let me kick it. Let me kick it over to you, Richard. I think it's a uh, tyranny in its worst form. Yes. Yeah, no, I mean, that is at least the one thing you could say for the U.N. You know, I mean, at, at moments, uh, they could be, if not for the U.S.'s vetoes, uh, willing to take a stand against Israel. As much as they're still, I mean, because, you know, you do have... But it's that's the thing. That's I mean, they, who's the worst of of these uh, you know major Jewish factions? You know, I mean the uh, the globalists are basically the ones who control the UN. You know, the same ones of the World Economic Forum, and uh, who are behind all the policies of the Biden administration. You know, the the uh, the, the fast track to white genocide and. Uh, Destruction of the nuclear family. Well, uh, I mean, you have these more conservative. I mean, the slow and sure approach, you know, to keep the the Christian Steinleitian, you know, uh, in referring to Stephen Steinleit as a uh, well, Jeremy likes to call it Steinleitian, and uh, this more Lakudnik. Uh, potentially pro-MAGA, a Christian Zionist conservative uh, side of the spectrum. That would be more the internationalist uh, Jewish power factions, right? So, I mean, they are okay with looking the other way more and uh, having people like Nikki Haley when she was the representative for the U.S., you know, vetoing uh, as much as she could possibly muster breath to <laughs> for Israel's benefit, you know, I mean, you know, this sort of mentality, you know, she's a great example. So, I mean, 
I mean, so yeah, if you're champion, championing, championing the UN or a lot of these American Jews who are who are uh, condemning Israel, unfortunately, they're even more anti-white. You know, the, the, the globalist faction rather than the internationalist faction is, you know, how some people seem to be, um, you know, trying to uh, sort out uh, these groups. What do you think there, William? Yeah, um, well, I and the, the the thing is, there's no difference between these groups at all. It's all, per, you know, per, it's all cre- these people are all working together on the same side, and even some of them even uh, are support both, like Barbara Lerner Specter, right? Uh, did you? I don't know if you heard, but there was another video that came out with her. But I found it on Vince James. We played on oh, Jeremy's yeah. show last week. That was interesting to listen to her. Yeah, I, and, I, I heard you. I heard you guys, and I saw you send the link. I didn't actually watch it, but I saw you send it, the image of the groundhog. It was like a baby. It almost looked like an ember, <laughs> embryo of a groundhog, which was more fitting. To look like her, because I didn't think she could become more ugly uh, than she already was <laughs> back in 2006. <laughs> but uh, and, yeah. or more like a groundhog. But she she really has. I mean, she's come a long way, baby. <laughs> Richard, she, you know, I sent over a good-looking groundhog, and it was the wrong groundhog picture. I had to find a a, a one that was different. Uh, you know, this groundhog had white teeth, and as I just sent over the groundhog that had these these ugly yellow teeth, and um, and that was a little bit more fitting. Uh, but just yeah, you, to... the, the groundhog you sent looked like it hadn't quite been born yet. Honestly, like... <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. Oh, okay, I know now. That's right. I did find one. It had no it had no fur on it. Yeah, I don't even know if it was a groundhog or what it was, but it was pretty hideous looking. And you're right. right. It probably uh, wasn't even born yet. Okay, so, um, and then you have Joe Joe Biden, who is all you know a a Bolshevik Zionist and a Zionist Zionist, right? So, um, supports uh, both sides of it, right? I don't know if we can come up with other examples of uh, um, you know ones that openly support both factions. Um, in this but, I mean, there are, dialectic. But there are small issues and timelines that they disagree on. And, yeah, most of the issues and behind the scenes agree, but it's a way of controlling both sides, you know, because yeah, those Likudniks have people like uh, Ben Shapiro, you know, out there chilling for them, right? Yes, okay, so Ben Shapiro is one who openly, overtly supports the Zionist uh the side while um, while pretending to be against um, you know the woke agenda, um, and but it's it's kind of funny because uh, somebody was pointing out how Ben Shapiro is a big supporter of Hyas through International Aid Society, which is like one of the most Bolshevik internally destroy your country um, institutions that the Jews have. Right, be yeah, pretty interesting. Him being a financial supporter of Hyas, but not surprising at all. Did you see? I, I'm sure you saw. This is kind of old news, but Ben Shapiro's interview with Elon Musk, and Elon Musk is talking about, oh, yes, I'm, I'm very Jewish, and uh, 
yes, you know, uh, uh, I went to, you know, Jewish school, and, you know, my mother, you know, very Jewish, and I, you know, oh, it's like everything is very wonderful Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I didn't, uh, but yeah, i not surprised. Right after he was, well, calling out, you know, these these anti-white policies uh, yeah. on X. I mean, he, that was when he took that trip to Israel. And, yeah, it was pathetic, both the um, the sit-downs he did with, what, Netanyahu with one and then Greenblatt uh, with the ADL interview of the other. I mean, you know, and, and people acted like he stood his ground to any extent whatsoever in those. And uh, I, I don't see it. I didn't see it that way, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. But as, as far as, well, Ben Shapiro, I mean, he uh, is certainly a, willing to talk about the anti-white agenda, isn't he? But he just won't talk about who's doing it. I mean, he'll, he'll, he'll talk about, he'll complain about, like, critical race theory and, and DEI and stuff, right? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But he'll be fully supporting on uh, white replacement and even, you know, uh, support, you know, immigration as immigration. You know, um, I don't think he uh, speaks out against that at all. Huh. Um, yeah, but no, it's interesting how we have these different factions. But yeah, I mean, I I was I mean, I've, you know, I've heard a few people use different uh, terminologies, but uh, I think when uh, Mr. Sludge, you know, when, when he was just on this past weekend, he was one of the ones using the internationalist uh, term right. for for the more um, traditionalist uh, Jewish faction, if you will. But but globalist certainly suits uh, the Biden administration's uh, full pedal to the metal. Uh, you know, a- exponential increase in in everything destroying white uh, culture and and literally uh, as much as you can. I try to decrease our numbers as you increase numbers of, of everyone else and make them wealthier than white people as much as possible, as fast as possible. Right. Yeah. I heard that analysis. I listened to that full two hours. I, I liked that. Uh, I, I really appreciated that show. Yeah, it was, it was good. It's really good. Good to hear um, Sl- Mike Sledge again. You know, it's been quite a while. Um, can I continue on with this article? It's just a little bit left here. I'm uh, sorry. Yeah, no, I didn't know I cut. I didn't. No, 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 no. You didn't. I just noticed okay. that there's some more in here that I wanted to get to here. At a moment that at least 85 percent of the Gaza population has been displaced, or some 1.9 million people, the UNRWA is now warning that the humanitarian aid organization will run out of money by February. Okay, it is as well. That's the whole point. Right? It is essentially the sole source of food, medicine, and relief going to the re- uh, to the growing refugee tent population, which has sprang up in the southern half of the Strip. And I'm sh- if the funding is not resumed, UNRWA will not be able to continue its services and operations across the region, including in the Gaza beyond the end of February, representative for the agency said. Following countries have suspended their aid per CNN. Okay, United States, Canada, Italy, Germany, Switzerland, Netherlands, Australia, United Kingdom, Finland, France, Japan, Austria, Romania. I mean, this is disgusting. This is this is sick. I mean, yeah, these people need, you know, they've been kicked out of their homes. They need uh, much-needed food and supplies in all of the, just think about all these captured um, captured countries, you know, 
all of these countries have been conquered by Jews, and they are just uh, Jews said to stop uh, sending aid here. So okay, we got to do it. And it. You know, it's uh, it really is um, one of the most disgusting things I think I've ever uh, looked at. Supporting Jews, supporting Jews and using gray poupon. Anything else would be uncivilized. <laughs> we'll be right back. You are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. Charles de Gaulle once said, actually, it's difficult to envision in this regard any other criterion, any other standard than gold. Yes, gold, which does not change in nature, which can be made into either bars, ingots, or coins, which has no nationality, and which is considered in all places and all times the immutable and judiciary value par excellence. So when the question is, why gold? It's simple, my friends. The answer to that question is simply, why not? Like it or not, precious metals will always be the world's reserve currency, even though nations do not define their currency by their worth and say gold. Individuals still buy gold and silver to protect themselves from inflation. The more money a nation's central bank pours into the economy, the less value its currency, the dollar it is, which means the price of everything else rises. $21 up for a bag of dog food, seeing that the dollar is cheap. That's why the cost of everything goes up. It's because the buying power, the value of the dollar is tanked. It's worth nothing. And the gold that your family would have owned in 1907 will buy at least the same amount of goods, if not far more. William McPhee once stated, it's extraordinary how many emotional storms one may weather in safety if one is ballasted with ever so little gold. The truth about money, gold versus cash in a crisis. Gold, a valuable thing to store. The power of gold in times of crisis. Historical sketch of paper currency. Oh, and beware the Ides of Rare Coin Dealers and Alan Greenspan's speech on gold and economic freedom. How interesting. I'm going to give you gold and silver in five easy lessons. Seeking out the most efficient and most secure route to owning gold and converting it into widely accepted currency is the next best thing to enjoying gold-backed currency, my friends. In a world of central bankers hell-bent on devaluing our savings, you need to own private gold standard. Contact me, Jeffrey Bennett at Kettle Moraine Limited, by calling our phone number at 602-799-8214. That's 602-799-8214. Are you one of the millions of people who feel like there is a dark cloud hanging over their heads whenever they're using pharmaceutical drugs? For some, the short-term relief can turn into an opioid addiction nightmare. Have you ever wondered why CBD oil is a billion-dollar industry? It's because it works better than opioids and is actually healthy for you. However, CBD oil is stripped of all other helpful compounds found in the hemp plant. According to neuroscientists, the whole hemp plant, otherwise known as hemp paste, is even more effective than the chemically processed CBD oil. Are you ready to take back your health? You can try Hemp Paste for the price of a cup of coffee. HempPaste.com slash RBN. 
free shipping on orders over $50. See the banners for Hemp Paste at republicbroadcasting.org and visit hemppaste.com slash rbn. back folks beyond the official narrative here on republic broadcasting richard carey here with william repillum and i see we have a few callers in the queue first we have patricia in florida welcome patricia good evening what's what's on your mind hi i didn't know if you were taking calls but i heard you mention a name that i haven't heard from in years and i used to personally know him i've been to his house and um, I'm just amazed that he's still, and you talked to him two hours ago. Is there a way that the station could give me a number or I could give them my number to talk to him again? Um, I've lost that was over you, 10, That was oh. 30 years ago. <laughs> yeah, no, ma'am, you're referring to Mr. Cornkey? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 no, I just meant I was listening to his broadcast. I, I haven't, he, he still does a broadcast uh, five days a week currently. So, yeah, I mean, you can get in touch with him. I mean, he has on his website uh, the details for tuning in through satellite or there's a stream on there or and, and his email is on there. So, I mean, I've, I've yet to actually uh, contact him well, myself. Where, how but can I, I reach the station? I don't even yes, know no. what website would be. Okay, no, I can I can give you. There's a couple of uh, websites. If you have something to write it down, I could give you one of yeah, them. Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Liberty Tree Radio dot the number four and then a small letter M small letter G dot com is, is one of them. Liberty Tree Radio dot four M G dot com uh, is is one of them. Okay, and then you'll, you can get his uh get all his information for tuning in and his email uh, through that. And I, I believe there's an ORG version of it as well so and that's actually easier uh, liberty tree radio dot org it's pretty simple oh, that one so yeah as well so. but i can't believe he's on the radio i thought he was kind of a marked guy <laughs> <laughs> well he he is but i mean he's a, certainly known uh by these government agencies uh, but uh for how yeah. serious he is about what you know what what he believes and what he does but yeah, ma'am, uh, he's still going strong, and um, you know he's ready for even if this year something needs to be done uh, for that matter, and uh, still getting the word out to everyone across the nation, you know, uh, uh, how to prep uh, as far as you know militia, and uh, even just you know good tips and, and places they can get, yeah. even just survival and food, anything you know. But uh, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, I used to have his videos way back in ninety. Way back in '94, I bought three of his videos. And Great! I, 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 saw, I, I did watch that one early. It's going back uh, 
what, like 30 years now. It was from 1993, yep. America in Peril. I did see that one only only recently. Uh, it was recommended oh, to me by uh, by our, our good Miles in Maine, uh, who, who's known known John well and, 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 and appreciates Mark, uh, oh, you know, yeah. to this day. He taught me to but, shoot. He taught me how to shoot. So. <laughs> Mark did. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Nice. Wow. That's really um, cool. Yeah. I want to see well, that movie. Can I, I just find Well, well you know, ma'am, America. I mean, you're, you're, you should be able to, there, there are ways you can connect to listen um, in a group conference call. You know, you, you put in a, an extra number for the password code or whatever, but I mean, um, you know, you could actually talk on the air, you know, as a caller. Uh, oh, so you'd wow. be able to speak to him. You should be able to speak to him that way. Um, you know, you can plan it for tomorrow. Um, I, at this point, you know, as as late as it is, but um, also, of course, the email on there. I'm sure, yeah, um, you know, appreciate hearing from you. Indeed. Oh yeah. You know, there's a couple of other people I'm still wondering about. Clay Douglas. You know of that. From New Mexico, we lost no. track when that magazine stopped being printed. I'm sorry, no, ma'am, I I, I don't. And no. for, okay, m- what about John Trockman? John Trockman, yeah, you heard of him? Did you ever I, hear I, of him? I, I, no, I have not. I, I was going to say, you know, I, mo- most of those gentlemen's names would be before my time, where I, I, I'm not as familiar as uh, you know people who've been listeners or um, you know people who would attend. Functions from way back then, but yeah. I'm glad to pass on the information I do. I do have. Yeah, thank and, you. That's great. Really great. And he wanted me to. What was the name? John Stock Miller. John Stodmiller. Well, yes. I mean that, that he was the owner of RBN here, this station, the founder of it. No, uh, that wasn't other, the same person. Well, Stadmiller. Why, well, why did you ask me? I knew that. Okay. Yeah, right? I know about him. I mean, because <laughs> Mark and John were, were partners in the 90s. They would go state to state teaching people how to form their own militia. Okay, and, that's uh, where, um, yeah. Yeah, and they, they started John a short. Yeah, and, and John was doing shortwave with Mark back in the 90s, uh, doing radio shows, yeah, going back to that point. Oh, thank you so much. Brings back a lot. <laughs> oh, glad, glad I could. Yeah. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Well, uh, that was a very nice call. Much appreciated. Let's go to Joe in Florida. Welcome, Joe. What's on your mind? Hey, Richard. Hey, William. Good to hear you guys tonight. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, Joe. Um, how you doing? Hey, listen, you know, I wanted to uh, say something about... Uh, we're talking about uh, Russia. Um, I think that we are living now in already in the multipolar world, in the BRICS world, okay? And I'm, I think I mentioned this last week. One of the things about the uh, ruling in the international, what is it, court of justice or criminal justice court, um, d- uh, about the genocide happening in Israel. I mean, people saying both sides, but the fact is I think it's very important, even if it didn't go as far as uh, we would have wanted it to. And most importantly, I think that that's an indicator, maybe people haven't been aware of it, that that is already the first geopolitical power move of the BRICS uh, coalition. In other words, it's not an in, it's not an accident. I believe that President Putin, President Xi were the ones who decided that uh, South Africa would go to that court and, and plead the case. 
And rightly so, they assessed that, you know, this idea about South Africa being the apartheid victim, you know, whether you believe that or not, was going to be the thing that could push and get this, you know, victory, which I still think is important. The reason why I mention all that is because that's the new world we're in. We're in the world where China and Russia are already deciding and and making power moves for the better. I mean, whatever else you say about this decision in in The Hague, it's a good step that some people thought might not even happen. It's a good step only on the record to say, listen, Jews, we see what you're doing. I mean, they didn't say it this way, but we notice, right? We're noticing the Jewish behavior, and we're putting it on record, and you're not going to get away with uh, being allowed to be ignored, your, your genocide. Um, that's one thought that I have. What do you think? William, your response. Yeah, um, yeah, Joe, I kind of uh, tend to see, like I was telling Richard earlier, um, I have a little more of a, I see a silver lining there as well on that. Um, I, I, I think you're bringing up a great point, you know. Um, it's obviously the Jews that are doing this, uh, you know, whether America is, is being looked at as the driving force behind it or the Jews are the driving force behind it. Um, Definitely, there's Jewish culpability there, um, and at the very least, the uh, the Zionist um, the Zionist part of the dialectic is uh, being exposed in uh, in what it's doing, and people are seeing through the propaganda. So, yeah, I tend to uh, agree agree with you, and I often do. I like your points of view, uh, Joe. Um, Anything else on that? Or, Richard, did you want to – what do you think? Yeah. Oh, Richard, I, let me just say – Go ahead, John. Because, Richard, I know – I'm sorry. Thanks, William. Richard, I think that I know your position about President Putin and Russia, which I guess you're a skeptic or maybe even you think there's nefarious uh, forces behind him. I don't know if you're one of those people that buys into this whole nonsense that Putin's controlled by the Jews. Uh but here's the story that I want to say about that big picture, which has to do with BRICS. If you look at the history, specifically about Russia, it is possible. What Putin has done is he took a country, and we remember this, when he was first appointed, right? And you had a drunkard, an alcoholic, who was this puppet of the Jews, this Yeltsin person, right? That was allowing the whole country of Russia to be looted by uh, eight oligarchs, seven of whom were Jews, right? The Jewish oligarchs were robbing the, and destroying the life of Russians. I think the actual life, uh, average life span of Russian men actually decreased. And talking about like in the early 90s. Up until the point that that Putin came in, what Putin was able to do was he was able to create a country where he is not controlled by the Jews. There are still Jews there and some powerful, but he's got them on a short leash. And the reason I like that is because that's a model for the United States. We do need to destroy Jewish power in this country in order for us as Americans to survive, is my opinion. We need to destroy the Jewish power that has destroyed our country. And uh, and that doesn't have to be done violently. It can be done in the way I think that Putin did, which is basically showing them who's in control. I think it's a path 
for the future of our country. I like to look forward in a positive way. What do you think? I think it would be great if, if Putin helped out, uh, you know, the, the U.S. and uh, citizens, that is, uh, as opposed to the government policies, which are so against uh, the heritage stock in, in, in more ways than just whatever he's offering with Abbott and the border. Uh, but we should, at arm's length, you know, just, just keep a little wary, if for no other reason, just from his distant past. I mean, having been KGB, having been a young global leader, you know, with the WEF, if you go way back and all this, uh, you know, could he be playing uh, different roles for different time periods? What is he going to be like a little in the future at certain key points? But right now, I mean, if he's offering these things, sure, why shouldn't uh, Abbott, if there was something legitimate he's trying to accomplish or could, uh, I don't think he would. But, um, yeah, you know, if, if, if Abbott were going to be serious, so why not take that help? Why why not uh, Putin have some policies to help, um, you know, uh, young families in America to have a home uh, and have a bunch of white children, you know, for, yeah, for uh, yeah. European stock? Uh, heritage stock uh, families uh, because of all the anti-white agendas uh, Biden has, you know, uh, this infrastructure bills and, and, and all the rest of it, and critical race theory and, you know, just all the practices of hiring and academia. So, I mean, sure, I'd like to see that yeah. Putin do more of that. I mean, why not? But, you um, know, yeah, why yeah, not? We, we should just be a little wary, again, you know, given that past. Right, and, and I agree. I'm not saying that we should give him control of our country. I'm saying him as a model of the way of governing. And it's actually happening in Hungary, too. So, and I don't necessarily deal with the idea about promoting this. White people, you know, I'm not really a racial determinist, but, but the thing is Christian values, right? So in Hungary, they've done this, too, where there's incentives. Why couldn't we have a president that actually works towards an agenda of giving incentives to people uh who want to have families, right, who live by Christian values, who overtly, in other words, policies that overtly push a family agenda that incentivize the idea of family. Because the family destruction, which is the Jewish uh, aim of attack, that's the Jewish power structure to destroy the American family. They've been doing it for 75 years, and they're very successful. That's the way to rebuild from the polluted Jewish sewer culture that yeah, we live no, in now. Them, you also help the nuclear family. I mean, Putin would tremendously if you were helping people to own property, have their own homes. Of I course. mean, you know that. Yeah, that that that's a big a factor in general. So oh, you know, I'd be yeah. building that middle class back, um, which is by design being uh, destroyed. That would show me. You know, in the long run, that he's he's not a globalist. If he if he helps rebuild those middle classes, even in his own country, but um, people like this Ramaswamy, I mean, I've seen so much dirt on him. Uh, not just that he was with the WEF, but I mean, just his corrupt past in in corporations. It's not just that he's not white, but I mean, a lot of, a lot of people can be put in our face who have been groomed considerably. But. Uh, yeah, no. I, I, William, is there anything else you wanted to add? I see we have some other callers who've been in the been waiting a bit. Yeah, well, uh, Richard, can I just ask William? William, I, I, did you say the things that you you don't generally mostly agree with me? I, I didn't quite get that. No, no. I, I, mean, I generally I generally like your points of view, and I tend to agree with uh, 
most of what you call in and say, most part. Yeah, that's, that's because, Rich, uh, Richard, you have to remember this, Richard, me and William, because that's, that's because great minds think alike. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it, Joe. And I, and I apologize right. about, um, you know, I, I had someone I didn't want to keep um, just I'm missing the calls of consecutively, uh, but I. But next time Keith Preston's on, yeah, I hope to hear your your call, Joe. And uh, you know, you have some great content content for him. I Thank appreciate you. it a lot, Richard. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a great night. Yeah, and let's too. go to you as well. And let's go to Francis in North Carolina. Hey, welcome, Francis. How are you doing tonight? What's on your mind? Hey, fellas. Well, I can barely hear you, but I'm trying to. Uh, as far as the loudspeaker goes on the phone, see if I can do it better. But who knows? Uh, couple of trains of thought for you. Um, for one, I think the creature you're thinking about is not a groundhog, but a mole. And a mole is simply uh, one step or one branch off from your typical mouse. The only difference is they don't have a longer tail as a mouse does. But they like to burrow through, you know, create air tunnel, uh, tunnels in the soil and whatever. Uh, they're quite fascinating, actually, even though they don't really... They have a face a mother could only love, depending on who the mom is. But anyway, <laughs> aside from yeah. that, uh, earlier in the show you mentioned about the aspect of various things going on, politically speaking, with Iran, Iraq, who knows what, uh, 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 Yemen, and so forth. And I have to agree with one sentiment that I think someone ver- verbalized earlier, that talk about a distraction of this sort, that sort, and whatever they, c- they can come up with, it's unbelievable to distract attention from what's going on and uh, basically uh, genociding uh, an, an ethnic background, which is reprehensible in a nutshell. So, I mean, if, if the Israeli Jews, whatever you want to call them, want to have a place of their own and they don't think that the, uh, the place called Israel is not big enough or whatever, then they'll move to Ukraine. They have, have an issue with uh, getting people lined up to fight a war for them, so why not go up there? It's like five times bigger than uh, the actual uh, uh, count, uh, country or state or whatever of Israel, so why not go up there instead? And if they can actually convince people to not shoot them and all that kind of good stuff, then they have a whole country to themselves. And leave it well, all I, people I, I, that are Palestinian stay where they are, that are still alive uh, and hopefully not maimed for that matter and as well as not been moved out uh, for that uh, reason of cause and so forth, and they can go back to their home there, uh, it's, which is totally a, a, a barbaric. But um, I'm, I'm just finding this whole scenario fascinating, as, as well as right down to the election process and how that's being viewed or not viewed as well. So uh, there was some other comical moments that you fellas had earlier that I, I misplaced now uh, in hindsight, but um, there was a lot that you uh, fellas said that I have to agree with because there, it's, it's almost like a, it's almost like a multi-sided soccer ball. Depending on which, which point on the soccer ball you hit determines which direction it's going to go. Now, if someone plays soccer, they know, would know what I'm talking about. Uh, for that matter. So uh, the question is how well the player is doing it. Now, as far as international bankers are concerned, they don't care which way the soccer ball is flying as long as they can make their blood money off of it. And who 
they compete against who, uh, for that matter. So uh, it's getting reprehensible. Now, if, uh, the election is one thing and getting someone in there. I mean, I've heard the commentary about, well, all the candidates are Zionists and so forth. I'm like, well, you know, well, that's pretty much a, a, a done deal then, isn't it? But um, if they want to really get to the bottom of the issues of what's going on, people attacking these people in this country and that uh, country and so forth, at Nazdam, then get rid of the international bankers. Get rid of them. Don't do business with them. I know that's mm-hmm. easier said than done. Well, regarding regarding our, a country, uh, structure has been bought and paid for. Well, here don't. But, you I would just say re- regarding where you put uh, down. Well, regarding a country to go to, I mean, as I've seen how much exploitation in being able to be a chameleon in, in white countries, I, I would have to have the hard stance, and I'm sorry, but, but Jews could not be in any white countries. We don't need Madagascar um, singling out Palestine was never fair, but <laughs> they can be in black countries and brown countries. And we can just let nature take its course and figure out Thank what the you. Jews' fate is. And, and yeah, Thank they can you. work it out between... A lot of people don't want to do that, my yeah. dear. They want to uh, and, take their, their you-know-what into it, their nose into it, or uh, some other organ of the body into it, and basically mess things up. Well, yeah, though they wouldn't be able to be such chameleons in those cultures, and eventually uh, they wouldn't be tolerated, and, and they wouldn't be treated as humanely... As as well, whites and true. how to deal with them at, in the end, uh, honestly. So you know they, they would learn the hard way in those it's countries. It's interesting you mentioned about the chameleon scenario because I remember one time long ago, and this, I know a lot of people wouldn't know this or remember it, but there was one senator in North Car- uh, South Carolina that lived to be supposedly up to a hundred years old. His name was Strom Thurmond. He made one infamous remark that I was like, "The once you've heard it, it burns a hole in your brain." And you know what that comment was? What was The pecker knows no color. And I thought, oh, my gosh. You, for someone who lives in South Carolina, that is the most embarrassing comment you could ever hear. William, because do you have anything to... didn't give a ranting uh, <laughs> testicles about what they were doing. Before no, our last caller, William, any comments uh, to Francis? Yeah. No, but thank great call, Francis. Uh Appreciate uh, all the info you shared with us here. Y'all have a great week. You too. Thanks for, the, thanks for the call, as always. And let's go to Tom in Florida. Tom, welcome, sir. What's on your mind? Yeah, uh, Richard, I'm sure you're happy you're down in the great state of Florida. You're not in that crazy Illinois uh, freezing your tail off. You can't even come out of your house and freeze your ass off with a bunch of liberal <laughs> uh, communist Democrats. Oh, yeah. I, I heard the immigration's just uh, crazier and crazier. I mean, the, the non-white factor must be just out of control in most parts of the city now. Yeah, and, and just the no, crime, the, du- the double Florida, standards, Richard. double standards with the crime. You know, I mean, it's just uh, like to be violently assaulted, uh, if not killed, I'm sure. It's just, you know, I mean, these people know there's no repercussions if it's if it's brown on white or black on white. And I'm glad I'm not in Chicago well, anymore because it's only a matter time, of time. Richard, I ain't got, time, so Richard, I ain't got yeah. a lot of time to talk. You, got, you only gave me a minute here. Well, I want to get it off my chest, but I want to say real quick, if I can. I was watching uh, some YouTube videos about the tw- 20th War there in uh, downtown Chicago. I've seen all these black leaders talking about, oh, the immigration, and they're all, and uh, they're, this one guy's getting his, his ass booed off. It was crazy. And you got to see it, and then there are all these black uh, pe- people are going crazy. 
They're talking about how, how you think all these young black people are gonna men are gonna handle it when they got all these illegals in here competing for jobs and you're gonna compete for housing. You gonna you think the crime's bad now? You ain't seen nothing yet. You should hear all these people on YouTube. It's crazy. Now, Richard, yeah, Chicago, the madhouse that that place is gonna turn out to be even now with all these illegals. Now, let's go back to Alejandro Mayorkas. You didn't give me no time, so I want to ask you, what do you and uh, uh, your guests think was gonna happen? Mayorkas with this vote. Wait. I don't, I, I don't know. Mayorkas, in my opinion, needs to be hung with a rope. He's the biggest traitor. He's ten times more of a traitor than Benedict Arnold. Or any of them. Uh, uh, what was the ones uh, with the atomic bomb? What was their name? I can't even say their name. Uh, this, this guy's ten times worse than them. Rosenbergs. Alejandro Cubano, my Havana, my orcas. What do you think, guys? I want to hear what you guys say. William? Uh, Alejandro, we call him Alejandro uh, Myocarditis. I call him Alejandro Caca Mayorkas. Yeah, he's Nine horrible. Criminal. He's a total traitor. He, he be, I'm telling you, this is, if, if there was ever a need for a public hanging, this guy would be the one to hang publicly. The whole world to watch what he's done to our country. Yeah. Do you agree, yes I, or no? Yeah, I agree. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I agree, certainly. <laughs> It, it remains to be seen, though, again, that that, uh, that Texas border, you know, and Abbott, you know, what's really going on here? Supposedly, Putin wants to back up Abbott, Tom. So, I don't know. Hey, we'll Richard, see what this is about. Richard, they got the Taylor Swift now getting some source fight, but you got Snoop Dogg and Dog wants to go for Trump now with Kid Rock. <laughs> what, well, this, is all, this is all a scam, man. Well, thanks a lot, Tom. Thanks, Laura, William. Running around well, it was a pleasure, gentlemen. Thank hey, you guys. And, folks, please support the station to keep all of this possible, and we'll speak again soon. Transcend the construct. Regards. My name is John. I'm the founder of Blackout Coffee, and I started uh, Blackout because I really love coffee. I've always loved coffee, and after traveling so much to Europe, South America, and trying so many different coffees that were so good, and uh, every time I came back, uh, to the U.S., I was so disappointed with the coffee, so I figured that I had to do something about it. The biggest difference is really is on the beans and the roasting process, how we roast it, and how fresh it is. The fresher the roast, the better the quality. Here I have like all, all of the coffee that's roasted within one to two days prior to being shipped. So it literally gets to consumers' house within three to five days after being roasted. If you like coffee, you have to try ours. It's fresh roasted. It's one of the best beans that we can get. And you will definitely see the difference. Visit blackoutcoffee.com and use the coupon code REPUB10. That's REPUB10. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Truth, truth.